one watches this primetime show. New York, Nashville, San Francisco. We love to watch the kickoff as the game begins. Pretty cheerleaders at last minute wins. The screaming crowd and the linebackers stare. Scrambling quarterbacks and receivers in the air. Big hits are coming, the backs are cutting inside. Everybody turns it up. Monday night. All right, everybody, welcome back once again to the One More Podcast featuring Carl Johnson. He is the race and sports book director down there at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi, Mississippi. Bill Berman, the bandit, parts unknown. When we find out what he does, we'll let you know, and I don't think we're ever going to find out. And, of course, Stevie Shrimp. The shrimp portion has nothing to do with stature or size. We're brought to you in part, folks, again, by one of our great sponsors. That's right. The next time you're at your local mall, Going out to the Orange Julius, hit the Chess King, one of our great sponsors. If you want to look as good as we do on the One More Podcast, you're buying a beautiful purple blazer at the Chess King. Me, I'm just Ryan Hyatt. Really have no idea why I'm here. All right, everybody, how are we doing this week? Everybody fired up, ready to go? What's up? Yes, you sir. always kill me. The, the intro always kill You get me, my brain starts going down a rabbit hole with your intros because <clears throat> now I've got like every Chess King outfit I ever had running through my brain. I got parachute pants on my mind. I got <laughs> and one, one thing we should do one week is all share a high school graduation yearbook picture. That I mean, we we really should do that. Oh yeah, yeah we could do that. Steve Steve Chesking probably predates you. You probably know yeah. I, I, I heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was born in eighty. Stevie, you'd look great in Chesking. You 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 oh. would own some Chesking. All right, <laughs> I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Oh, this shirt. Wear some high karate with it. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that shirt. Shut up, liver. I love it. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> You're fine, liver. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of ground tonight, folks. Glad you guys are with us again on the podcast. We appreciate everybody who's tuning in each week. Uh, share it with your friends and then hit subscribe. And if you want to rate it, only if you really like it, rate it. If you hate it, just go somewhere else. But we really appreciate everybody who's coming in. This thing has grown. It's getting great. Uh, a little bit on the NBA playoffs. We watched uh, really uh, an amazing uh, PGA Championship this past weekend. And we're going to talk about underrated things in sports and in life this week. So many things we undervalue. We don't appreciate it too much. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to get into some Memorial Day traditions and summer fun starting. we got to talk about the passing of Ray Liotta, one of the great American actors. We lost him today, 67, uh, too young to go. And uh, he made some incredible movies. I'll throw it out there to you guys. First off on the NBA, where we are, we got Dallas and Golden State as we're recording coming up tonight. Uh, it's 3-1, obviously, uh, GS on that. Stevie, I'll start with you. As you've watched this series and watched the, these uh, final two series getting going, what are your biggest takeaways so far? What are we learning? What do we need to stay away from? What do we need to latch on to? Um, you know, with Golden State, I, I think people, you know, Tonight, I'm going to just tell you that, that Dallas is a public dog. The public has seemed to be betting Dallas off of that last game. But I think they uh, basically – they watched the game. And I, I just don't think Golden State really tried to win that game. I, I know that Steve Kerr said his goal is to always split on the opponent's floor. I had a feeling. In fact, I like Dallas in the last game. But I think Golden State finishes them off tonight. I said it. Before the game started, I said they're going to let them win one in, in Dallas, and then uh, they'll finish them off game five. And that's just what I'm going to stick with tonight. I'm going, I'm going to lay the points with Golden State. The total, I'm kind of torn. Really don't have an opinion on it. Uh, as far as the other series, you know, I, I picked Miami. I thought they would have a shot to win it all, but the injury bug done hit them. I mean, three of their top scorers are hurt right now. Jimmy Butler's, you can look and see he's not healthy. Uh, Kyle Lowry plays a game, takes a game off. He, his hamstrings tight. Uh, Hero hasn't been playing. I mean, they they just they got bit hard by the injury bug, and it's definitely going to derail their season. I don't know if they'll cover the eight and a half tomorrow. I think the game's tomorrow, but they, uh, I mean, they got a shot to cover, but I don't think they can win in Boston. I had looked around, Carl. You may know, or Bill, you might. Uh, anybody know if uh, Steve Foster's working this game tonight? I have no idea. Yeah, I forget actually if he's working it tonight. Um, Let me see. Yeah. I can get the. I'm gonna pull up the, the ref stats 
while you guys are talking. I know, yeah. I know, I know Stevie hit that over the other night. And he 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 let us all know that that what, what was it, Steve? All, all three of the referees were over refs. Yeah, they were all three. Yeah, Scott Foster's the crew chief tonight. Goble and Blair are the two other refs. So I'm gonna pull up their uh, stats. So we know it'll be an adventure. You know, I the legendary extender for those who may not know what we're talking about with Scott Foster, NBA official. If there's a way to extend the series for the NBA, suddenly he shows up and it's insane. I don't know what the number's at now. Is it like 26 and four or 27 and four? Maybe now with this year of, of these potential to extend the playoff series when he works and it keeps going. It's really it's crazy. Some, it's somewhere in that neighborhood, Ryan. Um, and I was feeling bad about like in Dallas tonight. Uh, with Stevie because of how good he is on basketball. But um, I just got some, you know, renewed confidence with that Scott Foster uh, breaking news on the on the One More podcast. Um, I do think it's interesting, right, uh, just generally. I, first of all, surprised Dallas is in the position they're in, meaning down 3-1. Um, I thought they'd play better than this. But, man, Golden State's just been just sort of the sneakiest – Top echelon team, yeah. Uh, in memory, in 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 uh, I shouldn't say in memory, but in a long time in basketball, they're just playing very good at the right time. And I think you know to the comment Steve made on the other series, um, it is weird watching basketball for as long as we all have. How different the style. There's no reason that the styles West and East should be as different as they are. Right. There's there's no reason for that, but it's it is. I mean, we're going to have we know what we know we're going to have in the final, no matter who plays who is two completely different types of, of basketball. It's amazing. It is amazing. That is if you stop and think about it, it's why is it like that? I, I mean, you can I mean, you can clearly see the playing style is just drastically different. How does that happen? I mean, they, and they and they move coaches switch conferences, right? Players switch conferences. Yeah. It doesn't. It, it's just so drastically, and it's been that way for decades now. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Does it, does that kind of go back to when Riley goes to the Knicks in the nineties, and the only way they feel like they can slow down Jordan's Bulls is to ugly it up and just. We had a great free flowing game in the eighties and early nineties, and it was up and down. And then all of a sudden, it's just clamped down. And we're just going to go go that way. And it, I mean, and we're talking, obviously, 30-some-odd years later. But was that the beginning of the division, maybe, that it started in the East that way? It became plotting. The West continued doing what they were doing. I don't know. I don't think you're off by much. I mean, I, I do kind of feel as a lifelong Sixers fan, I'm watching Eastern basketball most of my life and being tortured by the 80s Lakers. Um, <laughs> the... Um, I, I do feel like it was longer than that, but I, I think it shifted into that gear, another gear, Ryan, at a minimum when that happened. But it's just strange how long it's continued, right? Like, again, we're, there's no reason. There's no – it's not like you're keeping the same players and same coaches in these conferences. You're, you're swapping them. But the style uh, all in is is drastically different. It is. It's weird. I don't know what made that pop pop that in my, in my head, but – but I was just thinking about how the finals are going to play out regardless. I mean, but Bill, think about it. The the college, even the college conferences, they play a, yes. a strange, they all, they all play different brands of basketball. I don't, I mean, why? I don't, I just don't get why that is, you know? I was well, just I mean, thinking. Let's just be clear. We, we, we all know people out, out West are just strange. Right? I mean, you know, <laughs> Western, I mean, no offense to our Western brother, uh, Western <laughs> brethren, but. Yeah, I was just thinking of how, uh, Lynn, you know, when uh, Loyola Marymount played the run and gun and UNLV, you know, all of those schools that did that high tempo, you know, like to score 100 points in college, they were all from the West. So it does definitely, it must be something to do with the West Coast likes to run it up and down the floor, Showtime Lakers, you know. Well, look, yeah, yeah. I, I like Dallas tonight. Though. Where, where's, so where do we settle on that line? Do we, where, what do we got, Carl? It's six line? and a half, seven right now. Yeah, we, got it at, we have it at six and a half, 215 right now. And they're, you know. Are you getting any liability on either of these series right now, Carl, there at the Beau Rivage? Uh, I mean, you know, they're betting us Mavericks, but, uh, you know, we're, we're in really good shape for, for the playoffs. I mean, uh, 
once the Nets were eliminated and the Lakers didn't get in, that was uh, our liability just kind of disappeared. So, I mean, we're good. We're, we're, uh, cause everybody was heavy to those two teams and, and, you know, maybe a couple of other teams, but our best case scenario was if the 76ers could have won it, but uh, everything else is a winning proposition for us. Maybe well, guys, how I just that works out, the, isn't it, City? Huh? It's amazing how that works out for yeah, Carl, isn't it? It's just a coincidence. It's always just coincidence how they always get the money. Well, but anyway, I mean, so Stevie went in there guns blazing the other night. I mean, okay. he went in guns blazing. He didn't even put a ski mask on. He just walked straight into place. And took money. <laughs> Look, and let me tell you a little story real quick. So I was behind the counter, you know, Steve, you know, Stevie, you know, I have, I have reports that I fire off every morning to, to people above me. So, uh, you know, and I was behind the counter. I was talking to Steve. He came into the book the other day and uh, while he was there, he made a couple of bets and I wasn't, you know, I'm sitting there talking to him. He bet, I don't know, five, 6,000, whatever it was. And uh, sure enough, the next morning I go in, you know, grab my coffee, do my reports. Well, he pops up on my damn radar, you know, Steve <laughs> Brunies. You know, he beat me out of like, uh, I don't know, 7,900 or 8,900 or whatever it was. But he, that wasn't, that, that was just a small tale because I know for a fact he was next door at Hard Rock. He wore them out and then he damn near wins a damn $25,000 blackjack tournament. I mean, this guy made 30000 this weekend. I mean, seriously. The question is, the question is, Stevie, did you tip your ticket writer there in Carl? Good point. Fair Carl, wasn't, Carl wasn't that. I had the cash at the cage. I left him a 20 at the cage. <laughs> Carl, Carl was sleeping when I cashed them tickets. I don't know who those people above you are, Carl, but my favorite part of that discussion may be, let me get this straight. The guy that beat us for 7,900, you do a podcast with him? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, but look, that and, and I, I've been saying it, you know, from the time we got going, you know, Stevie is, whether I, he's, yeah, he's a good friend of mine, but take that out. He's, he's one of the, the, the best gamblers in the house. I felt that way at Mirage, and uh, he's, he's still one of the best oh. gamblers. Wow, lucky people on the, who are people who are listening to this right now don't know this uh, on our text chain. He called it a shot. I mean, he <laughs> called it ahead of time. He tried to get us to win money. I didn't listen to him. Oh, I, I was, I got, I was, I, I had my ass tied up and spending money, not, not making it. Yeah, I listened to him. I just wish, wish I'd listened a little harder. If you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. Yep. Stevie well, being on this podcast, Carl. This is a perfect example of keep your friends close. And your enemies closer. Yeah. I told him, you know, I told him in a little text. I said, I damn. I said, you know, he goes, well, relax. It ain't costing you anything. Hell, I get a bonus at the end of the year. It cost me a little bit. There's nothing better than that insult to injury. Oh, what are you complaining about? It ain't costing you anything. <laughs> he walks out the door with a grand. <laughs> And by the way, this happens. Anyone notice he's got a brand new laptop? He's got a brand oh, new setup and I everything. Mean, look he's looking guy, good. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, I think that picture in the background there on the right, that's the house he's building back there, I think, right? Yeah, that castle? No, that's actually uh, Jackson Square. That's the uh, St. Louis Cathedral. I, I was going to say, it looked familiar. I just wasn't sure if that was your home under construction, Stevie, after <laughs> oh, last week. I thought it was a wall cal a wall calendar from uh, the insurance agency, but uh, it's hard to see from here. That's I mean, a New Orleans mask. Looks piece. nice. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go away. We'll go away for the NBA for a little bit. This will be painful for me as a uh, Texas Tech Red Raider. You guys got any thoughts on what we witnessed there at the PGA Championship? An amazing Sunday um, war of attrition by JT. And then our man, Mito Pereira, the Chilean native who played one year at Texas Tech, it was death by a thousand mosquito bites and paper cuts. What did you guys take away from that? I'll just say one thing real quick. I have a question for you, Ryan. Do they teach that golf swing on 18 at Texas Tech? I mean, what the <laughs> hell was that thing? They, that, the nickname of that should be shit the bed. <laughs> it was, you know, and Carl can speak to this because he's a hell of a golfer. Uh, Mito has always had a really quick come through. I mean, he he doesn't waste time in a swing. And, he, and you saw if you watched him this weekend, you saw that. And he only played one year at Tech because he was that good. But yeah, he was always quick. But 18, as bad as that was, he lost it on 17 
when he needed one more revolution of the golf ball to get down. If that goes in the hole there, he gets another stroke advantage. And I think he may have may have taken driver out of play at that point. But instead, he goes, you know, a very weak Jean Vanderbilt. And it was just I hated to watch it. I just, it, it, it was it's painful. brutal watching that thing. And, and by the way, to that point on that one rotation of the ball um, or one revolution, what did Carl say last week? Or I think it was last week we were talking about the, the difference between one of the you know, top player on that tour. Uh, and, and and one of the lower ranked players in, in many cases is one shot. Yeah. yeah. It's the difference of a shot. And look, that's exactly what, you know, what you've seen on 18, you know, uh, look, for those guys that played in that tournament, for, for Mito, he's made plenty of money. For these guys, it's not about them. It's just not about the money. You got, you know, most of these guys have – well enough money, especially the guys that are playing in these big events like that, they got plenty of money. But what happens is, is and, and, and they hit thousands and thousands of golf balls, but it's exactly what happens. You know, these guys, these kids are trying to win their majors for the first time. It's so, it's so ingrained into them, you know, to win majors, to win majors. I guarantee you for on 17 and 18, he couldn't, the club didn't look right. He couldn't feel his hands. He probably couldn't feel the balls of his feet. I mean, that's just what happens. That's why, you know, you got to get into that situation two or three times, and then you're able to control it. Uh, well, you're making a great point. And I thought, you know, Thomas made a great point afterwards, too, talking about Bones and, and McKay, the caddy, kind of talking him down and talking him up during the weekend. So for Mito, and I can't remember his caddy's name right now, I apologize, but he'd never been in that position either. He doesn't have any advice at that moment. They're both going through that moment together. And Pierre admitted afterwards, hey, I woke up nervous on Sunday. I was trying to choke it down the whole day. And I kind of respect a competitor in, in that event saying, hell yeah, I was nervous. You would be too. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. If you've ever played, like th this is going to sound stupid to people, but it's the only thing I compare it to. Playing competitive golf, right? I'm not talking about the top level whatsoever. Like, I actually, for years, played in this golf tournament. It was a Ryder Cup format. And it was basically 20 of my buddies, and um, and they split the town in half. And every year, you play cool. nothing against each other. Yeah, I can't tell you how many of us always talked about standing over a putt in that thing for the trophy. Even during the how nerve-wracking, how nervous you are when you're hitting shots the first tee box, whenever, and, and that's like, that's bullshit, buddy, you know, get your balls yeah. to golf. That's not a major. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it's like. It's, the, it's, no, all, but, it's all relative. It's the same feel, Bill. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, anybody that don't have those butterflies or that, that sensation when you're about to do something for the first time, you know, uh, I mean, you know, you're, you're not, they're not living. Uh, yeah. That's right. Takes him a couple of times and he'll be fine, but he's got plenty of money. Uh, but yeah, he, I guarantee his hands and his feet were like jello. Yeah. Close as I can come to it. I, you know, playing in like a, a local so-called major where the country clubs put on, you know, the championships, whatever. And you're out there and you're, you're in like one of the worst flights, but you know, your name's going to be in the paper with your score <laughs> and your buddy. And one year, I'm playing with a buddy, and he comes up to me a week before and says, man, I've torn my rotator cuff. And I'm like, what? Yeah. He says, but I can still play. <laughs> you can? Damn. So we played, and we finished DFL. and put. A, I'm not going to tell you what the number was, <laughs> but for two grown men to put up the number we put up in a scramble type event. But there's the pressure. Because I'm sitting there, you know, on Sunday going, our name, I've got to make a putt or we're going to be last in yeah, the paper. Right. Yeah, right. Last in the paper. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I have a guy sucks at golf. <laughs> that, but that's a, like I played in that tournament, you know, for a number of years. We don't do it anymore. But I literally had a, a, a friend of mine. I beat him uh, and, and we were the clinching uh, match. And he refused to shake my hand. And I've known this guy for, for like 20 years. I was like, dude, we grew up together. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, just uh, just so you, I, you know, now I don't think we had it, but, you know, at one time, 
uh, JT was eight shots back. Yeah. I heard it in some places had him in game. You could have got him at 200 to one when he was eight shots back. That's pretty Well, strange. I texted you guys. I, I, I knew he was the best one coming in the mix, coming down the stretch. I figured I, I told y'all after like hole 10, he was the winner. I mean, well, I, had, I I, I was listening to some of the guys on Vsin over the weekend, and I love the guys on Vsin. Don't get me wrong, but but I I actually said to Michael uh, over the weekend, you know, Wes Reynolds with going into Sunday picked Mito and um, Cam Young. He said those. He said I know they're my long shots, so maybe I'm talking my book, but um, but I think those guys are going to come out. I'm like Wes, you don't even realize how deep you are in your own bets right now, my man. Look at the rest of that leaderboard. Mito and Cam are the most likely. To- those guys have never felt that kind of pressure. And, and, and then off it went, I'm not telling you, I called Justin Thomas winning. And, and by the way, I love JT, you know, that guy's been through a lot of shit uh, uh, over the last five years, some of itself, you know, induced all that yeah. kind of stuff. But the guy is, he's just a grinder and you can see how much it meant to him. And, and, uh, and by the way, given everything that's going on, um, it was nice to see bones pick up that win. That was awesome. That was, that was nice. It, and he finally got the flag on the 18th hole of a tournament in major. Right. Did y'all see that story this week? I heard about it. I didn't, yeah. All the years he caddied for Mickelson. And it's traditional on the tour that the caddy, the winning caddy, gets the flag off the 18th pin. Mickelson never gave it to him. Mickelson oh. would take it. I assume he was autographing it and sell it and trying to get markers somewhere. So it was a big deal this week when JT gave him that flag. They got to be teaching a media public relations class somewhere going forward about how to screw up your image in, in, uh, in, in, in a matter of months. I mean, Unreal. there was a lot of, I think we talked about this a bunch of podcasts ago that, that, um, that there was always this rumbling about Phil um, underneath the service about being sort of having that, trying to press that Cub Scout image yeah, um, yeah. And, and nice, but but underneath a lot of guys would whisper about him, and man, that stuff is floating to the surface now. Well, you know, he like I, I think we we did talk about it a few weeks ago, and it was it's weird. He he's a weird dude because in the valet service, he would throw hundreds at all those guys, and then he would come in to the Mirage in the sports book, cash a sixty thousand dollar ticket, and scoop the change up. He would scoop. <laughs> He would scoop the coins up. He he stiffed us, but he would he would throw hundreds at the valet guys. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it's well, that, that he's a piece crazy. of shit. He's the reason Billy Walker <laughs> went to prison. That's, I'm gonna just tell you like it is. He's just any anybody that turns on somebody that tried to help him, he's a he's a scumbag. This is where this is where Stevie sugarcoats. Uh, oh, right. That's what we Don't call this the sugarcoat. Don't hold nothing back, son. Never do, Carl. <laughs> It's by the way, the first time I think the Billy Walters name has been invoked on the one more uh, podcast to be a special <laughs> moment here on the show. We all bow in reverence. You think we? You think we talking about it? What you think Billy's got to say about it? Oh. <laughs> hey, let's 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 get to the underrated aspect. I threw this out. I don't know when. I said, guys, we and here's what started this. So we're we're going to talk about underrated things in sports, underrated players, athletes, coaches. Underrated things in life. But here's what got it. When we got talking about the Pistons last week. Oh, yeah. And Lane Beer Pistons, that area. And, and uh, okay. So my mind went back to Coach Daly and Chuck Daly, who I think is one of the most underrated coaches in basketball all time. What he did with the Pistons, what he did with the Dream Team. And you, you hear when they start talking about great coaches and different, you know, whether it's NBA or whatever, you get Bill Jackson, uh, you know, you, you get Pat Riley. You get, nobody ever says daily, the man could coach, highly underrated. So that's the impetus for what I want to do a little bit tonight. And this is like wherever anybody wants to go, just cool, a, underrated he, things. You know, Ryan, when you said that, by the way, um, you know, he's a Philly guy. Uh, he... Um, his level of success and the reason I think in your spot on, I mean, he is underrated. He, you know, he used to, when he first got out of basketball, he came up a lot, but after that um, uh, he, he just sort of faded and then he got sick and he passed away, unfortunately, but in a short, like his level of success 
but relative to the length of his career, what he accomplished, he might be better than anyone over, over that short period of time. And the short period of time was his choice. Yeah. He accomplished all the stuff and then walked away. And you look at who he had to do it against the the up and coming bulls. You, you still got a Celtics team that is aging out, but still incredibly good. Still got Philly. I mean, it was a beast in the in the division that he had to deal with and, and still made it happen. So that, that's kind of what got me going on that. But all right, you guys, let's start it around. Underrated things, underrated players, underrated people. What do you got? Anybody want to go first? Maybe you go. You, I mean, you just you, – you, oh. I mean, you just buried Phil, so we know he's not on the list. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking, like, uh, where do I want to go with this? Underrated. I think the audience is thinking that, too. <laughs> Man, I'll like a kid in the classroom, when you call him, he goes, shit. Hey. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, you, you really put me on the spot with that one, Ryan. Damn. I'm trying to think. Right well, now. I got, I've got one for you. I, oh, I've yeah. got one. I could jump in. Uh, I'll jump in, and, and I'm sorry. I think I may have brought this up before. Certainly, I'm guilty of being biased here, but even as a top 50 all-time player in the NBA, and I think Ryan actually responded to this tweet when I sent it out a couple of weeks ago, Julius Irving is an underrated player. The man changed the game. The shit that you saw Michael Jordan did didn't exist. Michael Jordan will tell you this. Yeah, right? yeah. He took what Connie Hawkins did to a completely different level. These things, the modern day NBA, he was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. <laughs> and the only reason Michael Jordan likely, and Michael Jordan would probably admit to this, it, it was Julia Serving. I mean, the man did things real speed in basketball. Go back, watch the video if you're if you didn't see him play. Things he did, he was he was not human. And the amount of time he spent in the air. Humans aren't supposed to do that. So um, I think he's underrated because he only won the one championship. Uh, I, I don't think he get, and I think he, you know, as time went by, he got sort of this reputation as this, you know, slam dunk trick artist. You know, he was maybe the most graceful, talented basketball player that's ever played the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, I got one for you, and I always thought this. Uh, Dan Marino, to me, is was an underrated quarterback. In my eyes, I watched him play, and I I was I started watching football in the mid '80s, so he was one of the first guys that I re- could remember watching. And he did things that you know nobody in the and that's when they were that's when they actually played football when you could actually hit receivers and hit quarterbacks. And he made it look as easy then as these guys like Peyton Manning and stuff are making it look now. You can't touch quarterbacks. You can't touch grab receivers. So in my eyes, he's no doubt him and Montana are probably top two or three quarterbacks ever. And Marino is probably not on a lot of people's top ten list. How about this one? How about this one with Marino? The, the term quick release was never talked about until Dan Marino showed right. up in the NFL. He, right. That term was created because he created it because of how quick his release was. Yeah. Well, and that comes from the the lineage of Marino growing up uh, where he grows up. There was a guy who came before him in that region by the name of Joe Namath. And Joe Namath was one of the original pioneers of seating the ball high. Not down here, but seating the ball high and just flick it out. You know, you see a lot of quarterbacks, even now today, how many NFL quarterbacks do we watch with really loose mechanics? They come back, they bring the ball. It's down here. Now we're up. Now we're throwing. Those guys, Namath and Marino, I thought were the best at having the ball ready and then fire. I think that, and I think people, Ryan, to your point, point, Ryan, uh, coaches were teaching that that methodology based on what those guys did those guys created that methodology you're right oh yeah but steve what you're saying one of the reasons dan marino is underrated is because the unfair litmus test we put on quarterbacks regarding championships we don't do that much with any other position but we do it to quarterbacks we don't do it to running backs we don't really do it you know megatron's 
a Hall of Famer. My God, what, what, what difference did he ever make on the field? But somehow quarterbacks, you know, we, and we can go through with, with Kelly, with, you know, Fran Tarkin is one of my favorite quarterbacks growing up when I was a little kid. Thought the guy was amazing. He'd run around, throw, all that stuff. Well, they lose four Super Bowls, so he can't be that good. But Terry Bradshaw, who, who couldn't I'm, – I'm sorry, he wasn't one of the ten best quarterbacks. Right. I'm not going to make Carl mad on this, am I? Am I going to make you guys mad? I mean, I, he was a little before my time, but I watched highlights. I didn't think Terry Bradshaw was, was great. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't like top 10. No, of course not. He was a game manager in the 1970s. Right. That's a fair point. But he got the rings. Yeah, so it matters. Really I mean, if Trent Dilfer could win a Super Bowl, you know, that tells you right there that quarterbacks are not as important as people think because he's amongst the worst I've ever seen to win a Super Bowl. You know, poor Trent Dilfer, you could be talking about quarterback, anything about quarterback, somehow it's always coming full circle and he gets an answer. <laughs> <laughs> but that defense was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I, so, I, you know what? I, I was thinking, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think one of the most underrated, and I'm, I'm going to leave this with sports. I could, I could go a lot of directions here, but in sports, I think the NHL hockey – is underrated i mean you know it is such a much better game than than in the, the the nhl playoffs are just absolutely amazing i don't know if you guys have been following that stuff but it is so much fun to watch that as opposed to nba not you're not to keep beating up on nba but it's just a better sport it's a better playoff sport i mean it really consistent is. consistently year after year and it's I'm, the best playoff quality of playoff sports that it, there, there is. And I'll tell you this, it's a, it is probably the, you know, I've been to NFL football games, major league baseball games. I've been to every, every uh, league game that you can think of. NHL hockey is probably the best spectator sport to watch in an arena that I've ever experienced, period. It, it, it's, it's very good. It, it, and, I, and I'll tell you the other thing as a fan, uh, what I've experienced over time, there's a lot of nervousness as a fan when you're watching your team compete in the playoffs. There's nothing when your hockey team is in it. There is nothing that grinds on grinds you down more than watching your team in the playoffs in hockey. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why that is. I think it's because it's typically the games are so well played. It's a mistake here or there. They're usually one goal games one way or the other. A lot of overtime you know, seven game grueling series. But man, as a fan, it's exhausting in a good way. It really is, and it's rough. How about that Colorado game last night? That was a hell of a game, huh? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I look, I, I've got little notes wrote down. I, it's one of my, you know, I, I don't think they play that game till tomorrow. The Avalanche lead that series three two over the Blues, but uh, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think the Avalanche want this thing to go to Game Seven. I think they win it tomorrow night, and they're at the Blues, but I like the Avalanche big time, but. Yeah, just phenomenal hockey, man. Just awesome. It's so compelling talking about postseason hockey. And, you know, had, had, had one guy tell me one time, uh, he was you know, a minor league hockey player out here in Lubbock. We used to have a really, really cool minor league team called the Lubbock Cotton Kings. What a great name. Anyhow, <laughs> we were talking years ago, and I'm like, why isn't it like this all long? And he said, people would die. Yeah. <laughs> no way to sustain. <laughs> so that's all year long. You can only play playoff hockey in the playoffs. You'll never make it. I was like, it's, okay, I get it, it now. It's so true. And when you look at these guys, like the Stanley Cup winner, um, you know, literally player for player, except maybe the goalie, um, whoever survives that tournament basically comes out of it look like some combination of a serial killer. And and somebody who's been stuck on a desert island for you know six months. That's brutal. One thing I mean that makes it so great is the sudden sudden death aspect of it. The game's tied overtime. Bam! They hit you. It's a goal. It's over. That, and they they take that out of the NFL. That's what I didn't ever understand. Why don't they put that back in the NFL and overtime? I mean, I think they should make a way. You have to score a touchdown in overtime, but. I, I do like the aspect of sudden death. It just creates a lot of excitement. I mean, why why does both teams have to get the ball and it just that, you know, just sudden death, play it out. And it, it just, you're, you're right, Stevie. It, it, it's the best, it's the best sudden, it's the best overtime too. 
it's the best overtime setup too. Yo, let, let me let's 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 think about this because I was thinking about this a while back and I never got the chance to to voice an opinion on this. But I in the NFL, I don't understand why they they have what they call overtime. In other words, it just could it it should be just continuous play. Look, if if Bill's team has the ball and it's you know three minutes left to go in the game and they, you know, they're driving down the field and the clock runs out. Okay. Continue. As long as they haven't turned the ball over, continue the drive, you know, and let the, let the game be decided by its own momentum. The, the momentum was that team was driving down there. You know, I, I, any, even if they decide when the clock run out to stop play, okay. And then decide what they're going to do. How about continue the current series of downs and then just go from there? If the team, you know, if it's fourth down, they need to punt. The other team gets the ball. If they go down and score, ball game. You know what I'm saying? Just continuation. Carl, listen, you know where that belongs? That belongs in the book of common sense, which is millions of pages if we started writing it. it, it, it it's the... Uh, it, it, you get a bunch of people in a room who are detached from the fan, even though they don't realize they are, um, and reality to a certain extent, and they're completely guilty of overthinking something to a point where if you, what they should do is put 10 fans in a room and go, what should we do guys? Yeah. And they, their answer would be that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just didn't understand the aspect of when the clock runs out, your, your set of downs is over. They, they start, they kick off. Why kick off? Just continue where you left off and let the momentum of the game be decided by however way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Minimally, I think it should be, you know, overtime. If it does start, I think hell with both teams having a shot at the ball. It should be basically you, you got to score a touchdown to win and that, that's it. I mean, it's kind of that way now, but, you know, the other way, if you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance at the ball. You know, they, there's no field goals. You got to try to score a touchdown, sudden death. You score a touchdown, no extra point. It's over. That just that's how it should be. That's how I think it should be. Anyway. Yeah. Or, or safety, either touchdown or safety, sudden death ends the game. Oh, we said I want more draconian solutions to life and everything. So, uh, <laughs> if you really want them to get this game over in regulation, tell them they got to play another full four quarters. <laughs> somebody's gonna win that sucker we fixed the nba now we just gotta fix the nfl yeah <laughs> have an eight quarter game hey let's go to memorial day boys uh, before we get out of here tonight uh, the unofficial official start of summer is coming up rumors have it that uh bill berman is the king of memorial day celebrations <laughs> have the uh, the movie crews been out this week we they got everything set Ryan, up place. Believe it or not, 3.15 a.m. Eastern time, we have a Fox TV crew showing up at my house. Oh, my God. Uh, I won't bore the audience on, on how that happened, but safe to say it will be 3.15. We will be live on the air from my backyard at 4 a.m. Philadelphia, Fox 29. Michael Lombardi will be here at that time. He is not happy about it. Um, and um, we will be celebrating Memorial Day. But listen, um, when we say we're celebrating it, right? I know, I know this crew. So we got to remember what we're doing all this for, right? Which is um, uh, our servicemen, and yeah. uh, it's a cause that's near and dear to my heart. I think it is, obviously, for most Americans. But the sacrifice they made, um, you know, we get this little barbecue weekend and three day weekend. Um, but if anybody's out there just going through the motions and not thinking about how, uh, why this holiday exists. Um, they, they need to kind of do some souls because uh, like none, of us, are, like none of us are doing this. Yes. That we observe Memorial Day. Now we can still enjoy and enjoy the fruits of their labors and hard-earned uh, sacrifices. But I think observe is the perfect word for Memorial Day. It's spot on. It's a great, it's, it's a great call. And, and that's, you know, um, you just having never served in the armed forces, um, man, there's nothing I respect more in life than people who have uh, who have um, 
certainly made the ultimate sacrifice, but just served. So, so keep that in mind, but we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend. And, and I, you know, I, I wasn't sure where we were going to end up with that underrated list, but one thing I did want to nominate for underrated just in general, and it segues into this is fellas, the hot dog, the hot dog is underrated. I'm going to flat out say it. It's over. It gets overshadowed by flies, <laughs> which go with it. Right. Uh, the sausage is a different form of it. And, and, it, yep. and it basically takes a backseat to the sausage. The hamburger we know is king. There's bars built around hamburgers. Yep. The hot dog, my friends, the hot dog is overrated. Yeah, I agree. You tell oh, Excuse me, me. Underrated. 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 Absolutely. No doubt. I ate, I ate seven hot dogs one time. Seven. Seven. There's there's no one that's shocked by that. And and that's was that a contest or just a normal night at the no, dinner table? I mean, look, I wasn't trying to do anything, but it took you know just a few years back. It took me seven hot dogs, and I was okay. Well, you you know he was talking about momentum in the NFL overtime. That's called dinner momentum, right there. <laughs> yeah, dinner momentum. He just went. He got seven deep. Yeah, <laughs> extended the game. Yeah, the hot dog is the ultimate five tool player food i think when we get right down to it because think of all the different ways you can do it you can throw it on the grill you can you can boil it up do it street you know street dog style you can score it and put it in the air fryer i mean there there's just so many different things you can do with a hot dog you can put chili on it you can put cheese on it sauerkraut on it what's y'all's favorite dog my my favorite dog ultimate dog really is a uh, sauerkraut dog most and sauerkraut street style new york city i'm gonna go a uh, street style uh believe it or not in atlantic city they do these um these uh boiled hot dogs with um they are red onions they got a little sweetness to them though um but i love that dog but ryan i'm right there with you give me kraut and uh and uh and some mustard on the dog oh yeah i agree with both of y'all so uh, that damn hot dog stand at south point Oh, you can you can kill yourself for like three dollars. I mean, uh, I mean, every time they bring it up, I, I I'm like, why is how have we never seen somebody eating a hot dog from there on the air? You talk about a waste of space. I mean, we we need that thing. It's very pretty good. Very, uh, pretty know. good. Yeah, I mean, dollar twenty five. I think they went up now to a dollar fifty, but it was inflation. A, yeah, it was a dollar twenty five last time I was there, and you could get like three. That's the max. But, I mean, they do like 10,000 hot dogs a day. I mean, it's the greatest moneymaker in the world. Whoever owns that damn thing is making a fortune. How the first time about, name another here. food. Name another food. You can go to a baseball game. You ever been in a baseball game where they shoot hot dogs out of a cannon, out of a gun? The Philly Fanatic does it. The Philly's game. You, name another food. They get shot out of a cannon at you. <laughs> there ain't one. How the many of those point hot dogs you think Jimmy Vaccaro has eaten in his life since he's been there? <laughs> I bet he ain't one, not one. Really? Oh, he's he's slim. I think he's like Patrick, man. I think he watches what he eats. <laughs> okay. I know he drinks his walks around with his coffee. That's but I, I never seen him eating one, but I figured he he mentions them. He always mentions the hot dog stand in the podcast. I mean in his uh, Twitter. So I thought maybe he he ate them, but maybe I, I've never seen him eat one. He might have uh, never seen him. Saved my life the first time I went out there. I mean there were a couple of nights that didn't go too well, and it was a little bit late, and it was still still ongoing. I was like, I'm not going to die. I am going to have odd. And then, you know, I can't remember what time they opened it up. It was so good. They, I think it, like, would open up around 11 in the morning, yeah. right around there. So came down. I was out there. I was actually doing a college basketball broadcast from the South Point, you know, in the, in the arena they have there. We played a tournament there in 2015. I mean, that was the first time I was out there. And I was just blown away. It was so cool. But, yeah, I would roll down there in the morning, and it's hot dog time because I'm on, I'm on like, crappy, you know, per diem, not, not by the school, but by the uh, corporate. I'll, I'll throw them under the bus. Learfield Communications, you suck. Your per diem sucks. I had to eat hot dogs for four days in Las Vegas. Suck, How about this? How about this? All the complex business plans that are out there in life. There is a bar, the town, one town over from me, Sea Isle City, New Jersey. Um, there's a bar called Kicks McNutley's. It's a dive. It's one of my favorite places to go see a band at the shore. You can walk outside that bar at any point or at the end of the night. There's a guy out there with a hot dog cart. It's great. Right? Serving hot dogs. That's what I'm going to see. guy every year. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get me a hot dog stand. I'm well, Ryan, I got a question. Was the in the per diem? Was you able to tip the old lady at the hot dog stand? She's been a hard worker for many years. She had to get at least two dollars. <laughs> she's getting paid. I had to eat. <laughs> you didn't do nothing. She was there anyways, right? Yeah, I mean that's basically Stevie's approach to gambling. I mean, you know that that's he, he just. He had the same screw you approach with the eight grand he walked out uh, out of the casino with from Carl. Yeah, that was you. You guys probably didn't hear it. I was I was dipping in and out before my show this morning. Krakenberger was on with uh, uh, Gil Alexander, and it devolved into a whole thing about tipping, and who tips and how you tip and everything else. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Gil Alexander, uh, numbers game. All right, uh, I don't want to end this thing on a downer, but we got to talk about one of the greatest actors. We lost him today. And he would enjoy this show. We, if, if, if he were still around, we would get him on. I'm going to reach out to his people, but I don't think we can get him. <laughs> Ray Liotta passed away today at age 67. Yeah. One of the best actors, I, I think, in, in American history. I agree. When you guys heard that he had passed away today, what was the first movie you thought of? Oh, Goodfellas for me. It, it, it was definitely Goodfellas, but the... Um... I cannot, but I just was literally going back and looking at it, uh, knowing we were going to talk about this. What's the What's the cop movie where he plays the uh, the creepy cop with uh, Madeline Stowe and um, Unlawful uh, Entry? No. Yeah, Unlawful Entry. That's unlawful it. Entry. Yeah, uh, I mean that he scares the shit out of you in that movie. He is so. That's realistic. why my wife hated him. She hated yeah. him because of that movie. <laughs> it's Unlawful Entry. That so that that one in Goodfellas. Goodfellas was obviously first what popped in my head. But um, just what an awesome, gritty, great character actor. He was a great gangster. Great gangster. Yeah, I, I thought a good fellow's first, and then Field of Dreams second. Yep. Yes, Field of Dreams for sure. And then we had, you know, the Field of Dreams moment there with the Yankees and the White Sox and everything else, and the celebration of that. I hope they do something for Ray Liotta. I, I think they're good. Are they doing another one this year? They're going to do another Field of Dreams? I thought games? they were supposed I think to, they are. Yeah. yeah. I haven't thought about it, but I thought they were supposed to. But, again, you talk about – got to have acting chops to pull off Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. One of my favorite Ray Liotta stories, and I heard about this uh, a while back. You guys probably know this. So, a few years ago, Sinatra's daughters were looking at putting together a miniseries about Frank Sinatra. And they wanted Leo, uh, Ray Liotta to do, do Sinatra, be Sinatra. He turns it down. Okay, no big deal. But then he ends up doing one. He's doing the one on HBO. So uh, what? what is it? Uh, Nancy and Tina mail him a horse head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mail him like a plastic horse head. Oh, that's as, so good. A, a joke. But, you know. With, with guys like Ray Liotta and, and fetching some of those and others, I, I'm always curious how the real wise guys felt about those portrayals. Like his most famous character is probably Henry Hill. We don't have to go through all that. You know, you guys got any background stories, any information on that, how they felt about it? I think, I think it's well documented. Henry Hill said he liked the way he, he was portrayed by, and he said that it was pretty accurate. Um, it was pretty, yeah. He, he did a lot of, uh, uh, Henry Hill um, did a lot of Howard Stern back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah. Before he passed away. And he t he talked about that portrayal being pretty, pretty damn spot on. Yeah. Sure. Which is incredible, right? Which is incredible. <laughs> the fact that uh, what Henry Hill went through in that movie um, is, is flat out incredible. And it was, you know, by the way, I, I don't believe if I'm if, if I was reading correctly, he was never nominated for an Oscar. Really. No. Yeah, I don't. Which is that. insane. That's crazy. You're right. Yeah. No doubt. Not tonight. I don't think we have time. We're going to have to debate, or maybe not debate. That's probably not the right word. Especially with this crew. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Goodfellas versus Casino. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you were going Goodfellas versus Godfather. Okay. No, I was going Goodfellas versus Casino. Both okay. true stories, both pretty darn accurate. Uh, we can't do that tonight, though, can we? We're running out of time. No, but that's a great... I'm just going to say this. Casino 
is my top three favorite movies of all time. So there you go. Goodfellas oh, isn't yeah. on the top 20 list. So are you crazy? Oh, I mean, we, <laughs> we we might need to take a vote here. I mean, yeah, and 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 here's a question for you. If Phil Mickelson invited you over to watch Casino in his basement, would you go? Hell yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. He would no. he would he would bring pizza. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no chance. Now, if Billy no. Walters invited me in his basement to watch, we could definitely have some conversation. <laughs> oh man. All right. We're gonna have to do that. We may have to do that next week. That could be a good one. Also, I'll, I'll say if we ever decide to change the name of this, can we change this to Aces High? Yeah. Great name. That is a good. You got you got no pushback from me. I just think it's just speaks volumes about this podcast that Carl said earlier he couldn't get his his point across at any point, and the podcast is named after him. That tells you all you need to know about this this dumbass podcast. Well, hell y'all! I, I told him this week on Beast, and I said, "Shit, I I ate a salad last week, and these some bitches wanted to kick me off my own podcast." I mean, I couldn't get my point in on my own podcast. <laughs> I love it. Oh, all right, guys, party thoughts, party shots. What do you got before we get out of here tonight? What's your one more on the one more? My one more is, uh, is, uh, you know, think about our service members this weekend. Um, uh, Give them another thought this weekend. uh, And as Ryan said, um, observe uh, and uh, respect what they did for us and the the freedom they give us to do what we're going to do this weekend. I'll, I'll go. I want <clears throat> to let me say this. I, I agree completely. Uh, uh, you know, let's think about our servicemen, what they did for us. Uh, and let's think about uh, uh, those poor little kids that uh, got got killed this past week for for no for no reason at all, just because some idiot, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to get political here, but all I can tell you is we got a lot of damn money going overseas to stuff, to do stuff, program stuff, which I'm, <clears throat> I don't have a problem with as long as we take care of stuff at home. That's, that's a plenty of money that, that's going there. We could hire four or five uh, ex-retired policemen, military to be at every school in America with some of that money. So uh, that, that's where I want to leave it. Uh, God bless them kids, that family, all those families and, uh, you know, we got we to gotta get rid of this stuff, man. Steve, yeah, what guys, you got, man? It's kind of the same thing. You know, I just hope we get through this weekend without any tragedies or any, you know, we had the Buffalo incident a couple weekends ago. Now this, I mean, we need a, we need a couple, you know, weeks or months where we don't have to turn on the news and see this garbage. I mean, because this is, you know, it definitely affects you. I mean, it's, it's just sad that, you know, this country that they have people that just go out and do that kind of stuff. I mean, what do you what do you have to think to go into a school and start killing innocent children? I mean, it just how are these people able to walk amongst other people for 18 years and nobody can see that? And I, that that's just crazy. That guy should have been locked up somewhere. I mean, it's mental health issues is a big, big problem in this country, and they really need to spend more money into getting these kind of people off the street. And sum it up much better than what you guys just said. I'll say this: evil is real. We got to call it by its name and call it out when we see it. We don't have a money problem in America. We have a priority problem, in my opinion. And we can get anything done that we choose to get done in the fashion that we want to do it. A fantastic visit tonight. It's the One More Podcast. Carl Johnson, Bill Berman, Stevie Shrimp. I'm Ryan. Hi. Thanks to everybody for dipping in being a part of this subscribe share and we'll see you next week right now we're going to go off and we're going to have one more